0: And good morning, listeners, and welcome back to part two of Sacred Space 102 on West Limerick 102 FM. And this morning, we're delighted to welcome back onto the program uh, a special guest, Father Eamon Fitzgibbon. And for regular listeners of the program, they, of course, will be familiar because Father Eamon has been on with us quite a number of times before. But this morning, he joins us in his new capacity as the director of the Irish Institute for Pastoral Studies at Mary MacLitcough College. Father Eamon, you're most welcome to the program. Thanks, Shane. Good morning. How are you? Ah, not too bad, now at all, not too bad. Now, tell us, you've taken up a posting as the IIPS in, uh, in Mary Macklett. Can you tell us a small bit about what is the, institu- the Irish Institute for Pastoral Studies? Sure, Shane. Yeah,
1: well, back in 2016, um, St. Patrick's College in Thurles was incorporated into Mary Immaculate College. St. Patrick's College was formerly the seminary, and then it was a third-level college based in Thurles. Now it's a second campus of Mary Immaculate College, and as part of that agreement, when that incorporation took place, part of the agreement was that an institute for pastoral studies would be established at the campus in Thurles. And I suppose really what we're about is uh, looking at pastoral renewal, pastoral development, providing programs and courses, summer schools, conferences... Anything that would assist, really, I suppose, in terms of developing our, our knowledge and our understanding of pastoral theology, uh, the pastoral life of the church. So that's really what I'm about now. That's what I'm at at the moment. <laughs> so, uh, I'm continuing to live in Limerick, of course. I'm, I'm commuting up and down to Thirlus. I'm still in, in Limerick, living here in Well. So uh, that's, that's important to state.
0: <laughs> that you haven't, you haven't abandoned us in the diocese, <laughs> yeah. which, is, which yeah. is always good to know.
1: I'm not waving the blue and gold yet and if I am it's the blue and gold of
0: Patrick's well. So oh, very good. It's green and white for today anyway. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. So one of the reasons, Eamon, we uh we asked you to come on this morning, or we invited you on this morning, is of course that um uh, it's to promote the the, the 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 institute but also I suppose to people some upcoming events that the, the pastoral the, the institute is going to be should be hosting. And one of the ones in particular I suppose that we wanted to share with people this morning is one that's actually coming up at the end of August. Now your timing, I have to say Eamon is absolutely beautiful because I'm noticing it's just after the World Meeting of Families. Yeah. And it's it's the 28th and it's the 29th of August. And I love I love the title. It's called The Future of the Irish Parish. And then the, the sub the subline is the parish is not an outdated institution, lessons from around the world. And to me, actually, it's, it's, it's a very unusual uh, and hope-filled top, t- title, Eamon, for a conference, because I suppose the perspective or the impression would be that particularly when it comes to parish in the context of church life, maybe in some ways it's, um, if you like, a dying institution. Yeah, i
1: suppose first of all just to pick up on your point about the, the timing uh the timing it's yes it is a beautiful timing but it's a challenge as well because obviously um the world meeting of Families event takes place the week before literally the previous sunday we're on tuesday and wednesday with our conference the previous sunday is the, the papal mass in the phoenix park so there will be a lot of events taking place in dublin um So a lot of people were wondering, why are we coming in with a conference two days after that event? Would people not have had their fill? But I suppose really the the reason for the timing, Shane, is that there will be quite a number of people in the country who we are hoping would present at this conference when we were planning it. And we've been very fortunate. We have the finest of speakers from around the world. And That's why one of the subtitles is Lessons from Around the World. Um, the future of the Irish parish, lessons from around the world, and also you quoted the other subline there with the parish is not, not an outdated institution. That is something that Pope Francis said in that document, Evangelii Gaudium, and I think that is hope-filled, and Pope Francis is saying that um, there there is hope for parishes, there is life in parishes. I think as well we acknowledge in Ireland now there are huge challenges as well for mm-hmm parish life and the way in which parish finds expression and we give expression to it. So we're we're really I suppose looking at that challenge and trying to see how can we respond. The other thing as well I think that's interesting is I imagine and I may be wrong, but I imagine there will be a significant bounce coming from the World Meeting of Families event. Like it was particularly interesting that five hundred thousand people, half a million people, snapped up the tickets for the papal mass in the Phoenix Park in a week or so, and I think that's really interesting. I mean, some people will dismiss it and they say, "Well, it's an event that people just want to go along to." But there's something going on. There's something happening, and I think Pope Francis is the kind of personality and the kind of, of leader in the Church at the moment. And I have no doubt that people will be inspired, and there will be, as I say, a bounce. Now, can we can we seize that opportunity? Can we go with that? Can we? Do something with that momentum. I suppose that's really what I'm hoping that this conference might might assist with.
0: One of the things, Eamon, I, I uh, you know that bounce and, and that 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 bounce and that enthusiasm was actually something that struck me looking at the um, at the outline of the conference. But I suppose one of the other things that struck me about it was the fact: is this focus from lessons from around the world? Now, as someone like myself who has lived overseas and has had to participate in parishes and communities outside of Ireland, and have had different experiences in that regard, it's always something I'm curious when I go home again to Ireland to see kind of the differences we have in our understanding of what parish means. But also, I suppose, in, for this conference, is the fact that we're, 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 we're drawing on experiences from different countries as to give us ideas in how to reformulate or reintegrate or how to re-explore what it is to have to be parish in Ireland, because I think it's fair to say that if you like the model of parish, the delivery of the sacraments, with the focus on the delivery of the sacraments more than anything else, uh, from a church perspective in particular, is is probably uh, a, an outdated approach to parish life at this stage.
1: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, I suppose parish in Ireland it is a very strong. Um, word, it has very strong meaning for us, many of us get our identity from parish Um, we talk about the pride in the parish and the pride of place And which parish are you from, we say we don't say where do you come from, we often say what parish are you living in Uh, because a lot of that is the link to the GEA too, to be honest we talk about the parish rule and Mm -hmm. local clubs and GEA clubs that were embedded into the life of the parish so parish had a very particular meaning in Ireland, it had a very particular expression as well And I think you're right, I think very often um, that was tied into delivery of sacraments and then, um, of necessity, that was tied into the priests and the parish. We often heard before that we have a great parish and often what people meant by that was we have a great priest uh, working in our parish who brings a lot of life and enthusiasm. But we all know that that's that's not sustainable, that's that's changing very rapidly and will change uh, in our time and in the coming years. There simply won't be enough priests to staff all the parishes. We have 60 parishes in our diocese. I mean, there are currently 9 or 10 parishes without a resident priest. So we have to find new ways of expressing parish. And what does it mean to be parish? And I think I think we need to maybe take on board a lot of what Pope Francis is saying about parish. He says it's not an outdated institution, but he also says it needs to be flexible. It needs to be able to adapt It needs to be creative, but it needs to be connected with people. Otherwise, it just becomes something very sterile. So we need to find ways in which we can do that. And even John Paul, going back a number of years, uh, John Paul said that the parish is not primarily a structure or a building or an institution. It is a community. And I think that's the challenge for us in Ireland now, is to find a way of giving expression to parish that it is actually about a community of people, a community of disciples, people living out their faith. And that's a challenge, no doubt. And you're right, Shane, we are looking uh, to the experience literally around the world because um, our keynote speaker is coming from the the other end of the world, from uh, Wellington in New Zealand, Cardinal John Dew. He'll be in Ireland for the World Meeting of Families. He's going to be with us at our conference and he will speak about his experience in Wellington, New Zealand, where they face many of the challenges that we are facing now. They faced them 20 years ago, he was very involved in developing um, a whole program for the training of lay catechists, lay pastor workers, lay ministry, and I think he'll have an awful lot to say that will be of great benefit and of great interest to us. Uh, we also have a bishop who worked in South Africa, in the Diocese of Alabal in South Africa. He is himself a native of Germany, Bishop Michael Westenberg, and he will be speaking to us of how they responded in South Africa to their particular challenges and how they tried to give parish and local church expression in in, in their context. We have a Lady Margaret Lavin, a theologian, who has written some fine pieces on lay ministry and um, ministry today and the challenges uh, that are, are present and she is going to speak of her context, the Canadian context she, she works and teaches in Toronto. Finally, then, we have a priest coming from Liverpool in the UK, and they've done some very interesting things there around parishes coming together and developing a model of team ministry, which, and at the outset of, of our interview, you mentioned that I was involved in the Synod in Limerick, and one of the things we committed to out of that synod was developing team ministry in our diocese and we're really trying to progress that now to move that forward. So I think it'll be beneficial to hear um, how has that worked out elsewhere All of that, of course uh, all of those experiences from all around the world they need to be if you like, sifted through by the people who will be at the conference I mean, Do they have something to say to us? Are they relevant to our reality? Can we apply them? So we're very fortunate to have Martin Kennedy and Jesse Rogers. They both worked with us during the three days of the Senate. But they will help people to sift through what they're hearing and say, OK, are there lessons here for us? What does this say to our reality? Is it relevant? What pieces can we take from this and apply to our own situation? I think that's key because sometimes when we go, as you know yourself, Shane, we can often go to conferences or we can go to seminars or lectures we can hear wonderful talks and come away and say, God, that was a great talk. Well, what's the impact afterwards? What happens afterwards? Is there any real change? So we're, we're determined that this won't be just a series of talks from around the world, that there'll be a way in which those who participate can apply the learnings and try and discern ways in which we can take what we've heard, look at our own reality, and move towards some kind of action which will, will help us
0: to be a parish into the future. Mm-hmm. I, I, I looking at the brochure that was um, put out for, for the conference, I have to say, looking at the speakers, um, some of their areas of experience really caught my eye. So for example, um, Bishop Michael Wustenberg, uh, the man coming from mm-hmm. uh, South, South Africa, what caught my eye with him was his experience working with small Christian communities. Something I suppose that wouldn't be familiar to many people in Ireland, but for those that would have worked overseas, in African context or in a South American context in particular, uh, that would be something that would be very familiar to them in terms of how you look at parishes, but even within the parishes you go down even into smaller communities again, uh, you know, communities within communities, which actually I think is one of the, the, one of the, the, the titles of the talks uh, being given uh, as well, which is the title of the talk, rather, that uh, Bishop Michael is given. Um, the other one that caught my eye there was uh, Margaret Levin's title, uh, it's called Rights and Responsibilities, the Role of the Clergy and the Laity in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. And I suppose if people were looking at that, you'd be kind of wondering, well, any idea what she's going to talk about with that one?
1: Um, yeah, Margaret has written a wonderful book called Theology for Ministry and she, in that book, really explores the whole explosion of lay ministries that has happened in the last uh, 50 years since Vatican II and how lay people are called to ministry and how that ministry finds expression in the church today and how we need to be creative around that and how we need to be uh, responsive, but also responsible, and that we all have a responsibility to ensure that everybody has the opportunity to give their their right, their God-given right of baptism full expression. So that's, um, that's really, I suppose, what, what Margaret will be teasing with, out with us, and I think, as you say, it is an interesting title. She talks about the role of the clergy and the role of the laity. So she's mm. she's um, bringing those two into dialogue. And I think that's something that that is critical at the moment. It's really, really important for all of us for
0: mm. peace and people. And now, I Emil, mean, I suppose we're talking about the conference this morning. And I suppose some people will be saying, "Ah, that might not be really for me." Who would you say should attend this conference in Turles?
1: Well, first of all, just to say that everybody is welcome and that uh, it is open to all. I suppose really those who will find it most interesting and beneficial are people who are involved in their own local parish community, whether it is in, in areas of ministry, maybe they're Eucharistic ministers, maybe they go to the choir, maybe they're, they're reading, or involved in some other aspect of ministry in their own local parish, or perhaps they're involved in some kind of leadership in the parish, maybe on the pastoral council or some parish leadership group, or maybe the local pastoral area team, and of course it would be of interest to clergy as well. So um, I suppose all of those who are involved in leadership and ministry at parish level will find this conference, I think, particularly helpful. And as I say, everybody is welcome. Um, you don't have to be involved at that level to, to come along. If anybody finds that the, the topics interesting that are outlined in the, the website and in the brochure that you mentioned, they're all very welcome to come along.
0: So Emma just heard practicalities so it's the Irish Institute for Pastoral Studies where are you We are based
1: in the what was the college in Thurles St Patrick's College is directly across from the cathedral in Thurles across the bridge from the square the cathedral is on your left and St Patrick's campus as it is now a second campus of Mary Immaculate College it's in on the right hand side and that's where the the conference will be it takes place on Tuesday the 28th Um, from lunchtime, beginning at 2pm, and it takes place also on Wednesday up until 4.30 on Wednesday. So we're there Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, We we don't have the facilities to provide accommodation for this conference, but uh, there is obviously accommodation locally next door, and the Palatines are indeed in the hotels locally in the town as I know myself, because it's a commute I do very regularly now, it's, it's, it's literally only an hour up the road from Limerick anyway, so um, it's not not far at all.
0: And if people wanted to kind of, I, I suppose, for booking I meant, do you need people to... to um, yeah, to we, What we way do you have, want it to work?
1: We have a booking facility online in the website. If you just Google Irish Institute for Pastoral Studies, you get into our website, and there, there is a facility there for booking online. Um, what people might like to do as well is maybe book through their own local parish if they talk to their own local priest, because I do know that um, parishes are themselves encouraging people to go, and many parishes are sponsoring or par sponsoring people who are attending on behalf of the parish, so that's, that's happening as well, and we have people booking in literally from all over the country at this stage, so I think it'll be a very interesting mix of people uh, present and mix of parish experience. Uh, from rural
0: to urban, from different parts of of the country as well. Okay. And just to remind people, Eamon, again, of the dates?
1: So it's Tuesday the 28th of August and Wednesday the 29th of August, as I say, literally the week
0: following the World Meeting of Families. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So as Father Eamon said, so that is that conference which is coming up at the end of August. It is the Future of the Irish Parish and uh, learnings from around the world, lessons from around the world. So uh, we've this interview to a close at this stage, Father Eamon, and we're going to go to a piece of music. Uh, what was it? Because you actually gave it to us. What was the name of it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was asked by John to pick a piece of music, and um, I was laughing because you said to me that it had a connection with the conference. But anyway, the <laughs> piece of music I chose was Diamonds on the Sole of Her Shoes, which is a Paul Simon, and it had no link to the conference. But then when I thought about it afterwards... Um, it does, in a sense, because, as I say, Bishop Westenberg worked in South Africa, in Aliwal, and of course that wonderful Paul Simon album, Graceland, was recorded in South Africa with Lady Smith Black Mambasa, and uh, the reason that I, I chose that song was that when John contacted me, I had just come back from the Paul Simon concert in, in Dublin, in the RDS, and I was still <laughs> humming this song in my head. It was a wonderful concert, and he's a wonderful artist. He's on his farewell tour around the world. So uh, I just thought maybe Paul Simon would be nice for you to listen to
0: this morning. And thanks very much, Father Evan. Right, John, if we go to that piece of music, and then we'll come back to part three. Awa awa I will try a leg a legancha. Awa awa for this in swingness anamcha. Awa awa sibona
1: wins a cragancha. Awa awa a manto pasane. I asked. She's a rich girl. She don't try
0: to hide it. Diamonds on the soldiers. He's a poor boy, empty as a pocket. Empty as Allah a pocket with nothing to lose. Sing na na she got diamonds on the soles of her shoe. Diamonds on the soles of the shoe. Diamonds on the soles of the shoe. Diamonds on the soles of the shoe. Diamonds on the soles of her shoe. Diamonds on the soles
1: of her shoe. Crazy, she got diamonds on the soles of her shoes. Well, that's one way to lose these walking blues.
0: Diamonds on the soles of her shoes. She was physically forgotten, but then she slipped into my pocket with my car keys. She said you've taken me for granted because I plead you. Wearing his diamonds.